bombshell news out of Washington, D.C. today that an intelligence committee of U.S. Congress has voted to release a classified memo that apparently raises serious concerns about the FBI targeting Donald Trump's campaign during the election and even afterwards, and that the FBI also improperly used a dodgy dossier to get court orders to allow them to tap Trump associates, to wiretap them, listen in on their conversations. Here to tell us what it all means on the eve of Donald Trump's very first State of the Union address tomorrow is the former White House strategist and deputy assistant to President Donald Trump, Sebastian Gorka. Good afternoon, Sebastian, or good evening to you now. (laughs) Yes, good good afternoon to you. Uh, It's great to be back on the show. Thanks for having me, Randa. Now, um, this this bombshell memo, um, what does it actually contain? So this is a four-and-a-half-page summary of um, a massive amount of work uh, which has covered hundreds of documents, thousands of pages, done by the Congress's House Select Committee on Intelligence, looking into the allegations that the Obama administration used federal law enforcement and the intelligence community to spy on the Trump campaign, Donald Trump, his advisors, illegally by using false information, the so-called Christopher Steele dodgy dossier, to acquire a FISA warrant, a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court warrant, uh, and so uh, illegally spy against U.S. citizens. And uh, when, when the final details emerged, the, the vote went through today in Congress. And now the president has five days by protocol to veto the release, should he so want. But when this comes out, um, we, we know enough already uh, to hypothesize that very senior members of the FBI and the Department of Justice were complicit in this illegal uh, surveillance of a political campaign for political purposes during the Obama administration. Well, it can't be any coincidence then that just today the FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe has resigned and apparently been forced out. Yes. So uh, the the Director of the FBI uh, went to read the memo in a skiff in a secure facility uh, to find out what was in it. And uh, after he read that memo, uh, suddenly uh, this deputy director, uh, McCabe, uh, decided to step down uh, immediately. Uh, This is an individual who has been cited again and again and again for his uh, political stance. His wife ran for political office not long ago uh, as a Democrat and was given $700,000 by a Clinton crony to run for office. Uh, and he actually was seen politically campaigning for her, which is illegal, according to the U.S. Hatch Act. Federal employees are not allowed to do that. So, yeah, this, this person was going to leave uh, later this year, but I think uh, he is in very deep water when this uh, memo will be released, as will other uh, individuals in the management of the Department of Justice and the FBI. So this is really the nub of this story, isn't it? That uh, there were senior managers in the FBI, um, not necessarily FBI agents in the field, but the very senior management there who were biased for Hillary Clinton 
and against Donald Trump. And that's come out in a, a number of ways, but including in these really salacious text messages between two FBI senior managers who are having an affair, a lawyer and, a, and another, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, I think they're called. Correct. So you have to understand the culture here in America because of the history of um, the American Revolution and the Cold War. There is no uh, equivalent, for example, to the MI, uh, MI5 as, as we have it in the UK. There's no in t- domestic spying agency. The, uh, the Americans are very leery of that concept, and that's why they never, never established such an organization. The FBI is a law enforcement organization. It's not meant to spy for political purposes uh, on uh, U.S. citizens. But here we have these texts that have been released by none other than Peter Strzok, who was the lead investigator of the so-called Servergate scandal, when Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, set up her own homebrew server uh, to, to manage uh, top-secret classified information in a completely illegal fashion. Uh, he was the, the, the lead FBI individual uh, who was involved in that investigation, an investigation that when she was called in, she wasn't uh, put under oath. Uh, another suspect in the case, chief of staff, was allowed to be in the room as her advisor, her legal counsel. And the FBI themselves, not only Hillary Clinton, the FBI, under this man's uh, direction, destroyed key pieces of evidence uh, in none other than the laptops Hillary was using uh, to, to look at uh, classified emails in an insecure fashion. And then the text that we now have released uh, between this man and his FBI lover uh, details uh, very clear political bias, that he's in the tank for Hillary. He wants her to win, and that if, if Trump wins, this is, the, this is the smoking gun, he has some insurance policy that he's talked about with, with Andy, and Andy is thought to be Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, who stepped down today. So we need to find out what that insurance policy was. Was it some form of uh, illegal surveillance, blackmail? Uh, we will find out. So, in effect, these senior FBI people have been giving Hillary Clinton special treatment in that investigation, which is still going on, into her uh, illicit use of a private server for classified emails when she was Secretary of State. Right. Uh, absolutely. It's still going on. And I'd like to stress something you mentioned in, in, in your question earlier. Uh, this whole farrago, this whole scandal is not about the thousands of excellent patriotic agents and analysts that work at the FBI. What we're talking about is the seventh floor of the FBI, the leadership that was politicized under President Obama, as were many other federal agencies, including the Department of Justice and the IRS, the Inland the Revenue Service, that we know this is totally unclassified, was used under the Obama administration to target conservative groups and to deny them their tax-free status uh, when they were found out to be uh, Republican or, or right-wing. So this is, this is a, an epidemic under the last eight years, and now it's finally seeing the light of day.
So what impact does this have on this other investigation, this sort of duelling investigation that uh, by special counsel Robert Mueller that the Democrats um, are hoping will prove their suspicions that Donald Trump's campaign colluded with Russia and that helped him win the election and beat Hillary Clinton? All of these are interconnected. So the point here is we have this conspiracy to spy for political purposes on your political adversary. Uh, And then we have this dodgy dossier, the Steele dossier, which uh, alleged Russian collusion uh, or all kinds of um, uh, uh, illegal things, but was built on Russian propaganda. We now know Christopher Steele used absolutely fallacious material to build this dossier. I mean, there was uh, stuff in there like and, golden showers and, and yeah, Russian prostitutes. The, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's out of a very bad penny, you know, <laughs> penny dreadful, really. Um, but but this, this fiction, um, the author of it was paid by Hillary Clinton and the Democrat National uh, Committee, the, the party, more than $12 million for this dossier, the Obama FBI allegedly also paid for Mr. Steele's uh, expenses. And that dossier was then used by the FBI. It was um, the, the main piece of evidence for the secret warrant to spy on President Trump's campaign. And then, this is the real, this is where it gets to the highest level, uh, the then director of the FBI, James Comey, briefed the file to the new president. Within minutes of having briefed that file, he illegally uh, leaked that briefing to a friend uh, who leaked it to the Washington Post. And that was the trigger for the creation of the special counsel, the special prosecutor, to investigate the president. So it's a completely incestuous, uh, good old boy network of, of, of Democrats who were using the intelligence community secret warrants and a fabricated evidence uh, to not only undermine the campaign during the election season, but then to undermine the president once he had been sworn into office. So really, Miranda, this is a scandal that will make uh, Watergate look like a little spat in the kindergarten sandpit. It's incredible. And yet, you know, it's not being treated with that kind of seriousness. I don't see um, by, well, the Washington Post, which broke Watergate, let alone the other mainstream media outlets. But let's see how it plays out. And, and, and of course, the tr- Donald Trump's success in the last year has just driven everyone mad, not only Democrats, not only the media and CNN and so on, the celebrities. Uh, did you catch the Grammys yesterday in, in all its uh, pathetic <laughs> glory? It's sending people mad. You, 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 you couldn't pay. There's not enough money in the world uh, <laughs> to get me to watch the Grammys. But, but I saw these outrageous, you know, that, just that little clip of Hillary Clinton reading Michael Wolff's garbage book and, and then being, I mean, they're, they're just, she doesn't realize that the, the basket of deplorables comment is, is in part what lost her the election. And her and her mega wealthy cronies in the entertainment industry literally doubled down again. So this is good for me. I mean, look, I'm a Thatcherite conservative who worked for Donald Trump in the White House. This is the bubble. This is the left-wing elite doubling down on, on what lost them election last year. So on the one hand, 
it, it makes you want to vomit. But on the other hand, it's wonderful for true conservatives because they're just doubling down on the garbage that lost in the election last year. Well, and look, Hillary Clinton reading from that uh, that Michael Wolff sort of gossip book just shows how low she's sunk in the relevance deprivation stakes. Well, not only that, I don't know if you see the, the video of her on Twitter uh, the day before, I think it was yesterday, where, where she uses foul language uh, to thank her followers. And it's, you know, you, you knew the woman was was, you know, bad news, but then you find out how truly uncouth she is uh, on video, on social media, and, and you just realize, you know, the, the, the Republic of, of, of the United States of America truly dodged a bullet on November the 8th, 2016. <laughs> now, Donald Trump has his first State of the Union address tomorrow. Have you any clues about what he'll be talking about? Yeah, they, they've actually, the White House has uh, hinted at what, what, what's going to be in it. It's going to talk about immigration. It's going to talk about the upcoming infrastructure project. It's going to have a large chunk uh, on national security. You can expect it to be uh, very clear on, on, on the necessity to build the wall on the southern border. Uh, they've said it will be uh, conciliatory or bipartisan. I hope it won't be too conciliatory and bipartisan, given what the Democrats uh, try to do with the memo just today uh, as they try to block it. But um, if you compare it to the speech he gave soon after the inauguration, which wasn't a State of the Union, but was a, uh, a joint address to the joint session uh, of Congress, if it's anything as good as that one, uh, he'll do just fine. Uh, back then, he, he, he reasserted what America first means, that its, its American leadership is back, will stand by our friends. He reasserted the... the the, the jettisoning of political correctness, that the enemy we face is radical Islamic terrorism. So hopefully uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be a, a, another dose of what he did the last time he addressed Congress about a year ago. And in terms of confronting China on trade, he's just recently imposed a 50% tariff on washing machines coming in mainly from China, also solar products. Do you, do you anticipate more of that escalating the sort of war on China on trade? I, I do, I do. So uh, when when we came in into the White House, the president had, had the uh, the general conventional wisdom when it came to China. He said, "Look, they're important. Their money's green, so we should allow them to, to carry on the way they've carried on before." But after we gave him a series of classified briefings on what China is truly doing internationally, uh, what it's doing domestically in terms of intelligence gathering against the uh, U.S. industry. Um, and, and the briefings we gave him on the, the uh, Chinese plan for hegemonic uh, economic domination, which is the One Belt, One Road plan. Any of your listeners can, can, uh, can uh, Google it, One Belt, One Road. Um, he he, he uh, came to the realization that China isn't just another fair trade player, but wants to display, displace America uh, uh, economically and militarily and politically. And as such, he declared the 301 investigation of their theft and forced acquisition of intellectual property rights a very hardcore decision. Uh, and I, I predict it's not going to end. He, he fully understands now that, that China uh, acts in ways uh, economically, in Australia included, that are fundamentally undemocratic and are bad for, for free markets and bad for democracy everywhere. 
In other words, they're giving government subsidies to products that they then dump on the international market. Well, I mean, that's just that, that, that's the most innocent uh, uh, aspect of it, whether it's suppression of, of the value of their currency, whether it's using uh, hundreds and thousands of businessmen and students as uh, informal intelligence collectors, whether it's forcing Western companies who want to do business in China to hand over all their intellectual property before they get to do business, um, whether it's intimidating our friends and partners uh, in the Pacific, uh, in, in the Asian uh, uh, broader region. All of these things uh, together uh, mean that China is, is not acting in good faith. And uh, really, in, this is one of the few cases where there is a zero-sum game. When, when China advances, it is to the detriment uh, of the Western world. Now, Donald Trump's first year, um, how would you assess it? Just with the the caveat that, I mean, universally pretty much in the mainstream media, he is uh, portrayed as, uh, you know, a barbarian, a vulgarian, uh, using bad language like s-hole um, and so on. And so there is a sort of a disconnect between, I guess, the elites and how they decry him and look on him with contempt and how he's actually performing. Yeah, I mean, there's, there is the, the elite bubble um, that, that is in an alternate universe. Uh, and then there's what's really going on. I mean, just, just look at the, at the statistics. It's very, very clear. Look at the fact of the last, uh, last year. So we've had uh, internationally uh, the um, crushing of ISIS. Uh, the physical caliphate has gone. Are you still talking to Donald Trump? From time to time? Yeah, yeah, he, ring, he rings me now and again when he needs a little bit of uh, strategic advice. <laughs> Terrific. Well, thanks so much for your insights, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, a former White House strategist for Donald Trump. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from.